Today we're going to talk about something that's really weird for people outside of the church sometimes because we're going to talk about the blood and the body of Jesus. The blood and the body of Jesus. Now, it's October, right? It's October. I mean, if you drive through my neighborhood right now, I don't know. I swear, Christmas, there's like 15 houses with lights up. But when I drive through my neighborhood at Halloween, it looks like Spirit Halloween threw up on everybody's lawn. There are zombies and dead bodies everywhere. And so it's weird because the world kind of has an infatuation with this idea of dead bodies and blood and goriness these days. But, but they look at the church and they say, why in the world would a church be talking about blood? Why would we be talking about bodies? Why would they be talking about dead people? It just seems weird. And I can totally understand why it would seem weird to them. You know, for the most part, blood is something that we, we don't really like to see. In fact, there's some people that when they see blood, they like pass out. They get, they get queasy. They don't feel good about it, right? Yes, yeah. Our strong man pastor over there. <laughs> when we watch a gory movie on TV... We get squeamish at the sight of blood, but we also know that if the blood's not there, it's not a real movie. It doesn't feel real. It's just a movie, but it doesn't feel real. Um, and so we, we know that blood is important. Like we, 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 we have to see it for certain things, but we don't like to see it necessarily in daily life, right? Um, if, if I see your blood, it's a bad thing, most likely. Your blood's supposed to be on the inside, not on the outside where I can see it. Um, but this time of year, people, they'll, they'll go out and they'll dress all up and then they'll put like blood on their face and do things. It's just, it's just a weird time. So, um, here's, here's a really, really bad joke, um, for the day just to, just to get us going. So why does the nurse need a red pen? Why does a nurse need a red pen? Are you ready? In case she needs to draw blood. Yes. There you go. That's it. Yeah. There's a reason I don't tell jokes up here. So we don't talk about blood in our daily lives that much, but around church, we do. We do talk about blood. You'll hear it. We'll talk about the blood of Jesus. Um, we're we're going to talk about it today. You probably heard it in songs we sung about in the rally time this morning. We sung about the blood of Jesus. We talk about the blood of Jesus. So what's up with our infatuation with blood? It's just weird. What's up with that? So we're going to explain that. It all starts back at the beginning of the Bible. At the beginning of the Bible... Um, something happened. There was Adam and Eve and they lived in the garden and they were all perfect and everything was great and there was no sin in the world. There was, everything was just perfect. And then one day they messed up. They messed up and they, they, they sinned. Pastor Pitts talked about that a couple weeks ago that they sinned and Adam, Adam and Eve both sinned. And when they did that, something entered the world and God had to set up a plan to get things right again. And the first thing that he did showed the pattern and the plan of what had to happen when people sinned. See, in Genesis 3.21, it says, and the Lord made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Okay, so Adam and Eve sinned, and they come back to God, and God's trying to make them right, and he makes clothing from animal skins to cover them because they're now aware of their nakedness. They have this sinful awareness that they're not supposed to have. So he makes them these clothes from animal skin. And you say, well, what does that have to do with blood? It's just skin, right? How do you think he got the animals, right? 
It's not like he was just walking around and he was like, oh, look, there's an animal pelt. I'll pick it up and make a leather coat out of this. Like, that's not how it works. Those animals had to die for there to be covering for the sins of Adam and Eve. So right there at the first sin of mankind, God shows us that the way that sin is covered, the way that sin is corrected, he, that there has to be blood that is spilled for that sin to be corrected. Okay? So that's, that's where it starts. It keeps going throughout the Bible. Why? I don't know. Because God said so. That's his pattern. He established there has to be a rule. And when sin happens, there has to be some kind of sacrifice that requires some blood to be spilled for the, the sin to be forgiven. We see it, we see it over and over and over. We see it, um, uh, we see it with the story of Isaac and Jacob, where, where he's up, he's about to sacrifice his son. We see it in, in the temple where they go and they give offerings. We see it with the story of the Passover. We see throughout scripture these stories of blood having to be spilled. And it's it, it's odd. In today's day and age, we don't think goodness have to go around offering sacrifices to cover our, our, our sins because there was a sacrifice. We're going we're gonna to dig into it more at the end, but spoiler alert, there was a sacrifice that did away with all those other sacrifices, right? The sacrifice of Jesus, and that's why we're going to talk about his blood. That's why we talk about his blood so much because because of his blood, because of his sacrifice, we don't have to do all those other sacrifices anymore. So we're going to talk today about that and about um, the power that is in the blood of Jesus. See, God didn't change the rules. He just looked at Jesus and said, you are a perfect sacrifice. So he created what's called a new covenant, a new promise, a new pattern through Jesus. And so when we speak of the blood of Jesus, we speak of the blood of Christ, when we say those things in the church, we are pointing to that sacrifice of Jesus. We're pointing to his life being given for us. That's the, that's the background of why we talk about it. Because, because of his, I keep saying because, because of his blood, he changed everything for us. So that's why we talk about it. So today we're going to look at what the blood of Jesus can accomplish in our lives. Because it's great to know that Jesus made that sacrifice, but what does it mean to you? And why would we want to keep talking about it? The reason is the blood has power. So first thing, here's up. Blood can cleanse. Blood can cleanse. Blood is used to clean things. How many here use blood to clean your house? Okay, probably not. Nobody uses blood to clean their house. Nobody ever like walked in and there was like a red wine stain on the carpet and they're like, I know what'll get this out. I'll just... Like that doesn't work, right? Blood's the stain everyone's trying to get out, right? It's not something that you use to clean because number one, blood is gross. And number two, blood causes more stains. And number three, because blood is gross. And so you don't use blood to clean because that would be nasty. I'm not coming into your house if you do that. But in the body, the blood actually does clean, the blood goes through your entire body and it goes through and it, it, it takes the impurities from around your body and it takes them back to organs that filter those, those impurities out and gets them out of your body. Without the blood, I don't want to talk to anyone. Shh. Man. All right. Apple wants to be in on this message. That's right. 
the blood takes away impurities, right? It takes away the impurities in, in your body. But there is a stain that blood can remove. We see in Psalms 51, in Psalms 51, 9, it says, do not keep looking at my, sin, my sins, remove the stain of my guilt. Do not keep looking at my sins, remove the stain of my guilt. This is the psalmist praying and singing, saying, I need you to remove the stain of my sin. Now, at that point, he doesn't quite know how it's going to be done. How am I going to remove the stain of my sin? We know now how to remove the stain of sin. It's a stain that they tried for thousands and thousands of years to remove, but the blood of Jesus came along and it allowed us to remove the stain of sin in our lives. So blood can clean our bodies. Blood can clean away our sins. How do we remove the stain of sin? Look at this. In Hebrews 10, 19, it says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. It's strange, but when we're sprinkled with the blood of Jesus... This is figuratively. He's not literally sprinkling, sprinkling his blood on you. We're not going to do anything like that. Right? This isn't going to get weird. When, 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 but when Jesus' blood covers your life, it actually cleans your life. It brings cleanliness. It brings purity. It takes away the sins. It brings holiness. That's what gets us there. John 1 says it like this. In, John 1, in 1 John 1 Verse 7, it says, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. And if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. We get clean from all of it by the power of the blood. We can try and ask for forgiveness all we want, but without the power of what Jesus did on the cross, the, right. there is no forgiveness. That's so right. number one, sin is used to clean. The second thing that blood is used for, I say sin, man, sorry. Siri got my all messed up. So I'm just like, blood is used to clean, to clean sin, to clean our, our, our bodies, but blood also can give life. Blood also can give life. You see, in your body, blood distributes nutrients, right? It's the thing in your, in your body that not only does it take away impurities, but it also brings back the nutrients for your body. It takes away and it gives the nutrients to the different cells so that your body can continue to exist. It takes the power and it distributes it like, like an electrical system. It's just giving power into your life into your body. Leviticus says it like this. Leviticus 17 says, for the life of the body is in its blood. And I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. It says at the beginning of that, for the life of the body is in the blood. Without blood, there is no life for your body. Take away all your blood. There's nothing left for you. It is one of the things in your body that is absolutely essential for every single part of your body. No part of your body will exist without blood because we have all these different organs and all these different things, but that's the thing that connects them all. They're all working with the blood to make it all stay alive. In the church, it's the same way. See, in the church, the power of the church comes through the blood of Jesus, 
Because without the blood of Jesus, the church has no power. It has no power. It has no purpose. We have nothing to accomplish without the sacrifice of Jesus. Because what in the world would we have to offer this broken world if we didn't have the hope that Jesus provided on the cross? That's what we're offering whenever we, we, we see the blood of Christ. So we have to have the blood to have power in the church. We have to have the blood to have power in our body. We have to have the blood to have power in our life. Without the sacrifice, we don't have the power. The third thing is this. Blood cleanses. It gives life. And blood, now this one's kind of weird and gross, but blood coagulates. What in the world Blood coagulates. What does coagulate mean? Coagulate means to make a scab. Yeah, he said it. It's kind of gross. It's the thing. It's another thing you don't really like seeing, you know, that wound on the back of someone's hands. What does that word coagulate mean? It really means to draw things together. Okay. It means to gather together or to form a mass or a group. And so coagulating, here's what happens. You get cut on the back of your hand and you start, you have this, this wound and your blood comes out, right? Man, Devin's like, I don't know that I can handle all this blood talking. <laughs> it comes out and what happens? It starts to like, to like dry up and it makes a scab. What's the purpose of that? It covers the wound and under the wound, what starts happening, under the scab, what starts happening? The wound starts to heal. So here's what happens in our lives. Here's what happens in our lives. Let, let's, let's see what it says in Colossians 1. It says in Colossians 1, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That word reconciled, the definition of that is to draw together. It's the same idea of coagulate. It's the same idea of, of this covering. What it's saying here is that by Christ's blood on the cross, God draws everything back together. Okay? So think about it like this. The blood of Christ offers a safe covering for us to find healing, for us to heal underneath it. So how does that play out? So somebody in your life, somebody in the church, somebody you know hurts you and creates a wound in your life. Maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was somebody at work. They did something and it hurt you, it caused damage to you and you're trying to figure out how in the world to get over it and you're trying to do it on your own but you can't do it on your own because you need the covering to give you protection so that you can find the healing. You need the blood of Jesus to draw you back together. You're trying to make it and you're thinking, I could just do it. If, have you ever had like a scab, a, a cut, and you, you keep taking that thing off? Does it heal? No. no, it just keeps getting worse. You gotta have the covering for the skin to come back together. You gotta have the covering for it to draw back together. It's the same thing in your relationships. You are not gonna be able to heal the broken relationships without that covering to give you that safe space for healing. So blood cleanses, it gives us life, it leads to reconciliation, and uh, blood can protect from danger. It can protect from danger. So um, you've probably heard of stories about this type of stuff before, where in an emergency, 
all of a sudden you're in a car, somebody's in a car wreck and they're trying to, to help someone because they see that their life is in danger. And all of a sudden they get this immense amount of strength. They get this super focus. They get the ability to kind of move in a way that they're not normally able to do, right? Because what happens in those moments, our body starts to pump around endorphins and, and adrenaline and hormones that go to our body because they're like, this is an emergency situation. You need extra power at this point. You need extra life at this point. You need extra ability because if you don't have it right now, you're not getting out. It's a life or death situation. The blood does that for our body, but guess what? The blood of Jesus also gives you power to save you an emergency. In your life, you come up against things that are bigger than you can accomplish on your own. So how are you going to come up over them? How are you going to defeat them? Revelations 12 says this, they defeated him. Now him is talking about the enemy. It's talking about the devil. It's talking about, about defeating Satan. So it says they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. The blood of Jesus is what gives us the power to overcome the enemy's attack on our life. You are going to have times in your life when things come up against you that it, I can tell you this now, if you try to overcome Satan on your own, you got no chance. That's no chance. You have sin that's coming up against you in your life. You have temptations that are coming up against you in your life. You have things that are coming up against you and you're like, I could do this. I can, I'm just going to be strong and I'm going to overcome it. That's like me walking out to a car right now and be like, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to lift this car up. It is not going to happen. But I know because I've seen stories and there's been accounts time and time and time again of people in emergency situations where all of a sudden they had strength that they never had before because they got it from the blood. The blood brought them those endorphins and those adrenaline at that moment because they had to have it. You might not have the strength on your own, but I guarantee you if you go to the Father, if you go and say, I need strength. By the power of Jesus, I need strength to overcome this temptation. I need strength to overcome this situation. I need strength to be able to bring glory and honor to your name. God will provide the strength you need in those moments. So blood, get, blood cleanses. It gives us life. It leads to reconciliation. It protects us from danger. And blood can earn inheritance. It can earn inheritance. So um, everyone's part of a family. How many people here are happy with the family you got? Now, some of you, you looked over at the person next to you and they didn't raise your, their hand and you're like, okay. Tr the trouble is uh, you don't get to choose your family, right? So some of us do like our family and some of you, you might not. And that's, that's okay. I understand. Like some of you, you, you might look at your family and it's just been rough. It's been hard and your family hasn't really been a blessing to you. It's been a challenge to your whole life. Um, we don't really have the choice in who our family is going to be, right? You get to choose your friends. You don't get to choose your family. You hear those, those kinds of sayings, right? But we do have the ability to join another family. You don't have to be satisfied just with the family that you were born into. Romans 8 says this. Romans 8, 16 says, for his spirit, talking about the spirit of, of, of Jesus, this, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. When we allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse our life, 
When we find our cleanse and our covering in Jesus, we actually, it says, become sons and daughters of God, right? We become a royal heir with God. You are not happy with the family you're in. That's okay. You don't got to live with that family. You don't have to only have that family. You get to actually be a heir of the king, to inherit the power of the king, to inherit the, the, the covering of the king. You get a family that is better than any of our families, right? Because you can inherit and have the ability to be not just a friend. There are, there are scriptures also that talk about being a friend of God, and it's cool to be a friend of God, but it's better to be a son of God or a daughter of God, right? To know that you are going to inherit you are going to inherit from them uh, what they have. You're, you're going to get that inheritance from them. Um, scripture does warn us at the end, though. It says if you're going to be a part of the inheritance, you also kind of have to share in a little bit of the suffering. Um, when we're in a family, sometimes if you're going to stay family, you got to take the good and the bad, right? You can't just be part of the family during the good times. you got to be there during the bad times as well. And Scripture says we have to share in the suffering. We have to share in the suffering so that in the end, we can share in the inheritance that God has for us. So one more thing here. Blood cleanses. It gives us life. It leads to reconciliation. It protects from danger. It earns inheritance. The last thing is this. Blood brings healing. It can bring healing. We talked about how blood takes away impurities. We talked about how blood brings uh, just, just what you need to have energy throughout your day. But blood also carries antibodies. When you get sick, when you get sick in your life, you have to find healing. And you can find that, through, uh, you, you, you find that because your blood brings antibodies and white blood cells and things to your body that heal it, right? They take away, they, they, they help it to rebuild in a healthy way. If you have strong, healthy blood, your body can heal from great injury. If you don't, if you've got sick blood or weak blood, you have some other disease that doesn't give you that strength in there, it doesn't bring the healing. The blood of Jesus brings healing. Now, the healing I want to focus on today isn't physical healing, although it does give us access to physical healing as well. The healing I want to talk about today is actually spiritual healing. In 1 Peter 2, it says, he personally carried our sins in his body so that on the cross, on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, you are healed. He carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin. He has his, so on the cross, when Jesus was up there sacrificing his life for you and me, your sins were physically in his body. It says he carried them with him to the cross. You can imagine the weight of what that must have felt like because it's not just your sins, it's my sins and your neighbor's sins and everyone's sins that's ever happened from the beginning of time. He carried them all on him. But by the wounds of his body at that point, by his sacrifice, it says that we find what? We find healing. By his wounds, we are healed. His blood brings us a path towards healing from the death that sin begins. Now, remember how we said at the beginning that sin always requires blood 
to cover it. We said we looked at the, the story of Adam and Eve, and we said that there has to be sacrifice to cover sin. For thousands of years, people had to do that. For thousands of years, we have stories in the Old Testament about these sacrifices. And in fact, for a lot of people, for a lot of people, they look at those stories and they struggle with them. They struggle with, with the idea of why in the world do there have to be all of these sacrifices throughout time? I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. The good news is, is those have changed. We don't have that sacrifice anymore. In Hebrews, it says, Hebrews 12, it says, you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance, like the blood of Abel. Abel's a story that's back in the Old Testament. It's actually Adam and Eve's kid, right? So he's killed and he's killed in a bad way and he would have wanted vengeance. And so his blood speaks for vengeance. All they're saying at this point is this, Jesus's blood starts it all over. In a time that it's not about vengeance, it's not about getting even, it's not about getting right, it's about finding forgiveness. It's about finding grace. It's about finding hope. If you struggle with those stories from the Old Testament, I, I, want, I want to talk about this for a minute because I know this is something that, it, it can be an obstacle for some people as they come to the church and they're like, you know, I like the idea of Jesus. I like the idea of hope. I like the idea of forgiveness. But there's parts of that book that you read that just seem so harsh and I don't get it. Here's the good thing. You don't have to get it in order to get him. Okay. Wow. If you claim the blood of Jesus in your life, you can find your healing and you can spend the rest of your life just trying to reckon through the rest of scripture. And if you never understand it, that's great. Guess what? You don't have to. All you have to do is believe in the power of the salvation found in Jesus's blood. Nothing else is going to hold you back from salvation. And so what we want to do today is we want to make sure that that's clear. Um, let me give you one last illustration here. So how many of you have ever um, donated blood? How many of you have ever gone and given blood donations? You're better people than me. Um, I, I, I wish I could say that I had, um, I had this weird thing with, I don't know, I just don't really being, like being stabbed. Um, yeah, stabbed. I, I think it's healthy to not, to have a fear of being stabbed, but when you go to give blood, when you go to give blood, do they let just anybody come and give blood? No. No. They won't let you, poor T. Hey, lucky T, I should say. <laughs> they won't let me either. That's my excuse. Uh, they won't let certain people give blood. Why not? Because their blood, something is, is wrong with it, right? There's some defect in it. There's some sickness in it. Some people, they, they, they might be anemic, so they don't have enough iron in their blood. Or, or maybe you're sick at the moment. You know, even if you give blood that day, they're going to take that blood back. They're going to sample it, and they're going to test it. And they're going to see if there's any infection in that blood. Because what they don't want to do is have somebody later that's sick, and they bring them and they give them a transfusion of your sick blood and it makes them worse. It gives them a new infection. It gives them a new problem. We can't find healing by using contaminated blood. You can't find healing through your own means. See, your blood is filled with the sin of your life. 
Your life has sin in it. And if you're trying to find your healing through your own blood, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to overcome it. Some of us are trying so hard to be better people. I want to just be a better person. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better friend. I want to be just, I want to be good for the world. I want to be better to the environment. Whatever it is you're trying to be better for. Hey, here's the thing. You can't be better on your own because it takes someone better than you to get you there. You can change your behaviors, but you can't change you because you comes from the inside. And so what you need is you need a transfusion from from some pure blood. And that's why we talk about the blood of Jesus, because he is our pure blood that we can come back to. He is our pure blood that gives us that healing. And so today I want to ask you this, if you will, wherever you are, if you'll just go ahead and stand up with me. Um, we're not quite done, but but we're getting... We're getting to a time where I just want you to have the ability just to focus on the power of Jesus in your life. Have you relied on his blood for your healing, for your cleansing, for your power, for your inheritance to be a son or daughter of Christ? If you come today and you're saying, you know what, I have never understood what that even means. But maybe you say, I want to declare the power of the blood of Jesus in my life today. I want to give you that opportunity because until you claim the power of that in your life, you're going to be living with the sickness and the impurities of sin in your life. And so if you will, if you'll just bow your heads with me and we're going to pray together, I'm going to ask everyone, if you'll just pray this prayer together with me today. And if you want to claim the power of Jesus for your life today, you can just declare these words for your life. So if you will just pray with me, say, Jesus, I believe in the power of your blood. I believe in the sacrifice that you made on the cross. Come into my life. Heal me from my sin. Make me your child. And I will live for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for anyone here today that may have made that decision for you. God, I just thank you and give you glory for the transforming power and work of your blood in their life. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.